1: nothing worse than having a tough time in the restroom and hearing your husband laugh and say, what are you laughing at? And he goes, goes, you and how you're talking about
0: your poop. I thought I was just, I I thought thought I was hearing things, man. You were like doing breathing exercises. (laughs) I got an upset stomach, man. And I literally just hollered, are you breathing it out? And then she hollered back (laughs) in.
1: And at the very end I said, oh man.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep. There you go, ladies, and gentlemen, boys, and girls. Welcome to the podcast. On that note, <laughs> you know what's funny about that? There's a certain contingency of people that right there hit stop. I don't care. Doom, they're out.
1: That's the nice thing about having a podcast. There are seven million podcasts in the world, and if you don't like talking about poop, you don't have to listen to this.
0: What are nobody's paying me for this? So what you, you know <laughs> what are your automatic? You're done. It's very interesting. People have hard lines with that.
1: I don't I don't really have any hard lines. Really? I'm a pretty foul human being. <laughs>
0: really? <laughs> yes. So like if someone started talking right now about gouging their eye out, like the whole podcast Ooh. is about taking a pen and you can ah, insert it into okay, your cornea. Okay, okay, okay,
1: I didn't think of it that way. Okay. So I have Oh. Is it um, a metaphobia? It's a phobia of eyes. It's yeah. totally irrational. I don't know why and I admit it's exactly. dumb. But if you one of my ex-boyfriends once t- tried to tell me about how he got hit in the open eye mm-hmm. with a snowball yeah, and what happened when he went to the doctor and I almost puked and passed out just listening to him describe it. So yeah, I guess that would be my hard line. Cause so
0: Because like my, w- one of my best friends has a really hard line about that. Like he does not discuss number two. I don't think he's ever talked about it with his wife, with his son. This is, he is old school. There are some things that are off limits, and that's his.
1: No, that's fine. Eyes are, are my hard line, but poop all day, man. We all poop.
0: Let's talk about it. I learned a weird one in college when I did a college radio show with a guy who was, he was about 10 years older than me, and he's a really unique, one of the most unique people I've ever met in my life, and um, he is in the weirdest, most foul shit in the world. Like, he's Mr. Non, like you can't offend him. Um, Animal abuse.
1: Ooh. He's a
0: cinephile, but he's like, I've turned off films and walked out of movies if they depict an animal getting hurt in any way. You know what's interesting? Like, that's his weird hard line. Yeah, no,
1: I have a, I would have a hard line with that too. I guess, like, I just can't see myself ever listening to something or watching something yeah. where they talk. Like, I would already know if you're going to talk about gouging your eyes out, yeah. I'm not going to listen. If you're going to show me. Animal abuse. I'm not gonna yeah. watch. But you know what's interesting about but that? But I think he
0: was saying like he didn't expect it, like he was just watching a movie yeah. and then you know.
1: Um yeah, Pat's trust me, Pat can uh he looks at me every time something terrible happens to an eyeball in a movie. I do. Because I like just hide in the couch yeah. with a pillow over me. Oh, my face. I know
0: what's gonna happen. I know. Didn't it happen just the other day? We were watching something.
1: Oh it, oh yeah. It was
0: some kind of horror film.
1: No, we weren't watching a horror movie. No, but
0: it was they were talking about it was some there was a Bowl full of eyeballs.
1: Oh yeah, because they
0: were talking something about. Oh, there was this great film, and it it's was, like the creepiest uh, film the ever.
1: Blockbuster. That's the right. The last blockbuster on Netflix. They were talking about like old horror movies. And that's stuff. right.
0: And someone talked about their their most yeah. favoritist. That's uh, so oh, there that's was a it. bowl of eyeballs. So speaking of the last blockbuster and all that, we're gonna start something new today, and that's going to be called "What You Watching?" Because I realize we're talking a fuckload about <laughs> things that we watch. Because let's be honest, there's nothing to really do right now. You know now. what
1: this is? It's quarantine too, electric boogaloo. It, I mean, and I can, I can really definitely is. attest to that because I just found out today that, uh, one of my dancers parents has mm-hmm. COVID. There you go. Um, <laughs> one of my dancer service
0: employee too, right? Like, like yeah. he deals with like people face to face
1: job is going yeah. into people's houses. And I know, and it sucks. Was he
0: vaccinated? No, he was probably too young. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, no, cause he doesn't have
1: any underlying health conditions. It sucks though, because they have been really careful. They've been masked yeah. up since the beginning. Um, another one of my dance family's daughter has COVID. So um, I'm going to start treating this like quarantine too, electric boogaloo. And I'm going to revert to exactly what I was doing this time last year, which is eating a lot and watching TV. Well, that's
0: what we were saying, that they're still not really going to be like, you know, myself and AJ were huge uh, music festival nerds. And you're starting to see some festivals pop up with these late 2021 um, dates and yeah. ideas under the premise that we'll be at herd immunity by then. Well, Oh, that's so cute. And, you know, (laughs) what a sweet idea. It was funny because myself and AJ said, boy, we we could put our chips on that. Like, we could get excited about that. But I won't. Or you can play the long game and go, you know what? Or think about 2022 and how awesome that's going to be. Yeah, listen,
1: I know. I know. We are all anxious, okay. Nobody has enjoyed the past year, per se. I mean, I've enjoyed kind of being locked up in the house. I kind of liked it, but not the reasoning behind it.
0: I just don't think you know we're going back to exactly what you want. So, if
1: you told me that the Bonnaroo in September would be the last Bonnaroo in the history of Bonnaroo, I still wouldn't go. It's too soon.
0: And that's from someone who's vaccinated. I'm
1: half vaccinated. I got my second shot coming up on April twelfth.
0: Oh, what's going on upstairs?
1: I don't know. There's footsteps. There's dogs barking. (laughs) I
0: will will edit this. Just hold on. (laughs) So since we're going to continue the tradition of 2020 and 2021 uh, with massive amount of content viewing I'll say intake because people are doing podcasts now too like everything I watch like every dateline I watch like by the way there's a four-hour podcast about this dateline episode I've noticed uh more celebrities are doing podcasts because they're not working so between all the great video content that's coming out we talked last week on the last uh podcast all about you know just is this the future seeing Zack Snyder's Justice League come straight to your TV my son and I gonna see Mortal Kombat on the couch, yeah,
1: he does want to see that HBO Max on the couch. I'm trying to decide how I want to go about it this Friday because there's a movie coming you're out. Go to a movie that I want to see, and um, we have a lot of free movie tickets. It's something that the radio station used to give us in lieu of actual like bonus money. Yes,
0: yes. instead <laughs> of money, you get a lot of free. Hey, we got ones. a
1: lot of freebies, a lot of movie tickets, and I just I'm a cinephile, anyways. I love going to the movies, and I've missed that the most in the last year, but. I, I'm nervous about it. Like if I go in there and that place is asses to elbows, I'm out. And like again, this, this better, be- I mean, I hope I'm the only black hearted satanic feel- person going to see a horror movie on good Friday afternoon and there's nobody else in
0: there. But don't you feel like, and I know this is, this is going to get really weird into like personal risk and responsibility and everything else. Like, did you really feel comfortable going out? Like, I mean, you're half vaccinated. Is that why?
1: Um, no.
0: Are you worried that you could, like, bring it back to the house?
1: I panicked a little bit today when I found out that my dancer's dad had COVID. Because that I didn't find out till we got home from a dance lesson. Because
0: then that means then he exposed her. Yeah. And she's around you.
1: Yes. Now, I was masked. Double masked.
0: Double masked. Yes. Which is what they still recommend. Yeah. And... Can you transport now being half vaccinated do we know what the CDC has said
1: I don't know did Are it you, come home in my backpack I'm not sure Are you
0: likely but but I'm no, saying I, no, I mean I as the guy in the house no, no, no. who's not I'm, vaccinated I don't want you to
1: think I'm not thinking of you guys yeah. that's what I mean I'm I'm more concerned about uh, you guys cuz you haven't had it No I got nothing I had it and I had my <laughs> I'm first I'm swinging vaccine. in the wind baby Yeah no. I've been
0: I've been calling around I've been trying to cuz it seems like it's getting close but everywhere I go it seems uh, like they're like no nope.
1: Yeah, no, you're super close. Um, yeah, no, I'm. If I pull up to the movie theater on Friday and it the the parking lot is packed like pre-COVID,
0: I'm just I'm saying, out. man, the I be- won't even go inside. People, everyone we know right now is on a beach somewhere. Everyone traveled. I know those motherfuckers are yeah, well, vaccinated. They're all I know gone. They're so. not, but no, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know, man.
1: Like, well, they won't be back by ble- Friday. I so. mean,
0: God bless you for believing that you're like. Oh, only us who've really been vaccinated are going to go. I didn't say that. But, but I think, like you said, I, I think, think it's going to be more who, asses to elbows. No, anything. I
1: think there are people that feel that way. I don't feel that yeah. way. I am still being incredibly careful. I'm not like one of those people who got vaccinated yeah. and is walking around without a mask. I'm still treating it like I've treated it for the last year. And if I pull up to the movie theater on Friday and there's a million people there, I won't even go inside.
0: So you're close. According yeah. to the CDC... They don't recommend what you want to do until you're fully vaccinated.
1: Okay, so they recommend waiting until the second. Yes. Vaccine so
0: all their. I'll oh,
1: fucking fine. I'll stay home. Damn it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm
0: no. I'm just looking. No, because this is a great no, question. No, it is. Like, a, it I is be, legit. Yeah. Because this is like, like you said, you got it. So this is like the whole concept of the vaccine passport. You should be able to do some shit. Well,
1: I got the first vaccine though. I'm very well aware. I haven't. My second shot is until the 12th.
0: Okay, so yeah, right now. <clears throat> A lot of their recommendations go to people who are... F- it, it's like fully vaccinated. You can get together with other fully vaccinated folks. No mask.
1: Oh, wow.
0: If you're with... I'm
1: not sure I'd feel safe if like you're with that. A, yes.
0: If you're with another... So once you're fully vaccinated, which is when? Like two the weeks? 12th. Yeah, 12. April 12th. So after that, you could theoretically hang out with someone that says indoors with no mask.
1: I'll tell you why I like the mask. And I don't love it. Trust me. I am sick of wearing one just like everybody else. But... And there's a big butt, and it's not just mine.
0: hey um,
1: I haven't been sick, like, at all in the past year, other than
0: the... Oh, I think we... I mean, we can all come to the consensus yeah. that, wow, the flu and cold season was nothing. Because, well, one, kids weren't in school. Yeah. And that's... Let's be honest. That's, that's where they get where the germs. they get
1: it. They bring it home.
0: But then, secondly, anyone who was around anyone had a mask on to prevent a much bigger disease, which meant the little one... yeah. Wasn't getting passed around.
1: I mean, other than the you know week I was sick with COVID last summer, nobody in this house has been sick. Nope. And I like it. I mean, I'm, the radio station oh, is a petri, petri dish, dish that does not get That's cleaned. That's a lot of folks'
0: workplaces. No, so, I th- absolutely.
1: You know? I always joked because I knew there were people who cleaned it, but they never seem to actually clean the studios i think cuz they're probably afraid of hitting buttons and stuff but those are the most filthy you disgusting rooms you could ever be i in.
0: will take those cleaning crews over see you ever now you never worked fast food did you
1: that was the only thing i haven't yeah. worked in this food store. aj went
0: like straight to the zoo She like went straight into like a union job at the zoo i
1: was picking up garbage all right so, don't glamorize it
0: <laughs> but um but at 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 fast food um, the employees in, are in charge of that. And do you want to know oh. how? Do you want to know how scary? Look at me. <laughs> I'm the guy who was in charge every night of scrubbing down the back.
1: At, not, K- at KFC, At KFC, it was or, not
0: good. They let me. Didn't you
1: work at Olive Garden too?
0: Uh, three hours <clears throat> doesn't really count. KFC, Taco Bell, where I work though, they literally allowed me to do like the mopping and all that shit one time, oh, and then God. they're like. All right, Pat, we got to find you a new job at closing. <laughs> and then and I became the dishes guy because I had a system for dishes. And You
1: were pretty good at washing dishes. And, like, I
0: enjoyed doing that. But and, any
1: other kind of cleaning, no. he sucks at. So
0: that's why I laugh, like, you know, you just, there's different kind of workplaces. And there's, I mean, I never experienced a quote-unquote cleaning crew until I got into the radio world. Like, yeah. before that, it was like... Wherever I worked, it was retail, like hot topic. You were the cleaning crew. You know that. You worked in retail worked at like the in mall. Retail. Oh, Who my cleaned? Gosh. You cleaned.
1: I swept every night, but like that was almost the extent of our cleaning. Exactly. That's not good. No. <laughs> so random question for you, because I've always wondered this. So you worked at a KFC Taco Bell? Sure did. How do they split the chicken and the tacos? Like is there are there different kitchens?
0: Uh no, it was more like the um all the KFC stuff was in the back and the Taco Bell stuff cuz it's all like prepared right there to order was all in the front. Okay. It was also very gender split up. It was hilarious. Really? All the women uh worked on the Taco Bell side which uh dealt with the customers.
1: That's why, <laughs> and all,
0: yeah, and all the guys keep were in the you guys back. In back. <laughs> all the dudes were like covered in flour, working yeah. in KFC, <laughs>
1: covered in flour, cussing.
0: <laughs> Just keep them in back. It was, you know, I and I say this to this day, and I know the day of like you know fast food and that kind of being a, a transitional gig is maybe going away. So you know, I I experienced uh, working fast food in in high school and college, and each. Each time. It's like working on a pirate ship. I mean, it is the closest you will get. And that's hi-ho, where i see a- for me. That's where I think guys get the bug to uh work in a real kitchen. Cause then you work in a real kitchen and that is a pirate ship. Yeah. Those guys are nuts. You ever like been to your local whatever your favorite uh grill is that you're dying to go to right now, okay? But I, I, you all have them, and you're all waiting for it to open in for everything else. Wherever that place is, I guarantee you that kitchen crew that makes your salad that you love so much, they could decimate like a biker gang. They're a roly-poly bunch. There's missing <laughs> teeth. There's a few felons, maybe a few hidden weapons that are not licensed, but that crew will make you a bacon, double cheeseburger, and fries. I'll knock your socks off.
1: Final question. Can you order tacos and chicken at the same time?
0: Yeah, I mean, really, we, we had both menus. You just, I know.
1: I've just when I pulled up to those places, I always feel like there's a hard line, like it's either one or the
0: other. So you had to order. It was like one A or one B. So they had okay. like the combos, and it was like you know one A. It was like and, and all the A's were Taco Bell, and the B's, and the B's were, were all okay. KFC.
1: I mean, I don't think I would ever put my butthole through the torture of eating KFC and Taco
0: Bell. We had good times. We used to simultaneously,
1: uh, but its I didn't know that, that you can order from both.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Go live your dreams. Live your best <laughs> life. Oh, this feels good. The good news with Pat and AJ. Okay. Whatever the good news normally does to you, all right? Just take that, deep fry it, add some cheese, and sprinkle it with cotton candy. That's today's good news. Sounds kinda kinda upsetting, actually. Yeah, it sounds awful, but you know. <laughs> well, how about something that makes you well actually salivate? How about a good dish? We should love some good food. What's your favorite food that you can't have right now, AJ?
1: Um, cousin subs. It's a sub sandwich place in Wisconsin, and I have dreams about going to get a cousin sub. And I wake up and there are no cousin subs.
0: So I think we all know what that feeling is like when you get that hankering, oh. you want something, you and and you can't get you it, cannot get it. There's a whole movie about it. It's called Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, this should be called. I guess Brandon goes to Baltimore. Okay. We're talking about Brandon and his mom, um, who live in Vermont, by the way. Okay. But they are original Baltimore residents. And unfortunately, Brandon's mother is 72 and in the final stages of lung cancer. Oh, my gosh. She has chosen at this point to stop treatment. She's gone home to kind of end, end her life on, on her terms.
1: Understandable.
0: And it's one of those things where she's not eating well right now. She has sores in her mouth. and. And um, Brandon's trying to figure out, how, how can I get her to eat? Well, she did talk a lot about a dish that she used to devour back in Baltimore. Like back, Remember back when we lived there? Yep. It's a tempura broccoli dish from a local restaurant in Baltimore. So Brandon had a great idea. He goes, what if I email the restaurant, find out if they can kind of overnight?
1: How far is Vermont from Baltimore?
0: Um, It's about six hours. Okay. Right, like East Coast. You have to figure out like, like yeah, where that's everything still, you is. you know what?
1: That's still a pretty formidable trip on the East Coast.
0: So Brandon's like shoots off an email, kind of says his story. Mom would love to be able to have your tempura broccoli dish one last time. Oh, my gosh. So he did get an email back, and it was not with instructions or uh, a price to overnight the dish. Rather, it was an offer from the uh, family who owns the uh, restaurant, the Chew family. And uh, that offer was to come to vermont and cook the dish for mom oh my gosh so she could have it fresh now as you can imagine brandon by the way thought that the guy had just misread and didn't understand that they were yeah. in vermont and no no they they responded back we're well aware that we'll have to travel six hours that's that's fine we can do that um the owner remembered The woman.
1: Oh, my gosh. So they must have been regulars.
0: So they ended up spending a weekend in Vermont, and they were able to make the tempura broccoli dish for mom, who did devour it. And they say even though she hasn't had an appetite, she has some difficulties eating these days. She was able to eat that. And she always said, this is what she told her son. She said, remember, when I'm on my deathbed, I want that broccoli. And I mean...
1: Can they you, got the brunch. Can you imagine being a restaurant owner and finding out that a person's dying wish is to have a dish from your menu? That must have been a huge honor for, for him. I mean, he wouldn't have offered to come up there and make it if he didn't care. That's awesome.
0: By the way, they also made uh, tofu nuggets with spicy peanut sauce and roasted garlic. Ooh. I know, that sounds pretty good. Stop it,
1: we're hungry right now. I know, that is
0: very true. Um, So it was a fantastic meal, had by all. so awesome. Break bread, brothers and sisters, because it's uh, food for the soul as well. Good news is available not to eat but to view, patandaj.com. You guys make me feel good. Spread the good news now at patandaj.com. If uh, you've noticed, as spring is springing, around here in the Midwest and wherever you live, Uh, maybe folks in your cute little subdivision your neighborhood are having a huge slab of concrete put on the side of their home. Why is that? Most likely it's because they are, well, now one of the 11 million U.S. households that own a RV. Oh, my gosh. RV sales had had an unprecedented 10-year sales boom. I believe it. And I think a lot of you saw that, because I don't know about you. I saw it. But the last 10 years, I can look out my deck and just see the RVs, the pop-ups, the fifth wheels... The dry I mean they're yeah. they're they're the, 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 the
1: trailers. We can always tell when it's uh either like profit sharing bonus time or tax time because a new RV comes rolling through the neighborhood and then the people have to figure out where the hell do we put this thing in our driveway.
0: Now, on top of a ten year boom, which by the way is accredited to at the time the twenty something year olds who were getting into van life, yeah, and exploring, awesome. and myself and AJ swept in it. We've rented many of RVs, yeah, and gone to music festivals. And
1: listen, I'm I I still love camping. Although I am 38, the tent life doesn't really suit me anymore. I'm a little bit more of an older diva, but yeah, I still love to camp. So
0: the bubble was about to actually burst. Because RVs are shockingly terrible investments.
1: Oh my gosh, they're worse than cars. You know, they always say that about cars. When you drive it off the lot, it already is depreciated in value. You are losing a lot more. Double that
0: with an RV or, you know. So... When it was at a point where the bubble was maxed out, basically everyone who wanted an RV had gotten one, everyone who had wanted a new one had gotten one, and now RV lots were starting to fill up with inventory, we saw the year of 2020, (laughs) which once again isolated Americans, and it made people yearn to be two things, away and alone.
1: Yeah. Wait, are you telling me people don't feel that way all yeah. the time? Because I do.
0: <laughs> so in the past year, there's been another 10% increase yep. in RV ownership. And again, this is after the boom.
1: You know what else I've noticed too? People in our suburb are, um, sorry, people in our neighborhood are upgrading did you notice that too a lot of people with older rvs i've noticed they had for sale signs on them and guess what there's a shiny brand new one now in their driveway
0: we have at least one in our neighborhood right now going in a a rv slab on the side of the house they're making it all pretty they're putting like big boulders rocks and stuff yeah it looks good but it is uh kind of now the echo effect of this rv boom right so you have rvs everywhere Everyone has one.
1: My mom was shocked when she came to visit because I picked her up in um, Michigan City, Indiana, drove her to the Flint area, and just going across the state on a weekend, she said, wow, everybody here has an RV or a
0: camper. So you have it maxed out across the country. This is everywhere, by the way. Arizona, where we're relocating to, it is definitely the same story. People have slabs next to their house. One, I'm worried about where is all this going to go. What do you mean? I just feel like we're starting to crowd down. Like, look at our subdivision. Just look at how it feels when you drive through now with the influx of, and cars is is what it is. I can't control it if you have five people in your home and-
1: Each one has a car. Everyone has a
0: car. But if you drive through this neighborhood and feel- The claustrophobia between the buildings. Oh, yeah. Like the slabs are getting closer to the other person's home. Like to me, growing up- Yeah, no, I
1: think I would be irritated if my neighbor like built a slab on the side of their house and all of a sudden like right outside my window is a giant RV. I mean, I would assume people talk to their neighbors about that and stuff, but yeah, no, you're right. It definitely- Feels a bit claustrophobic right now.
0: And it's weird for me because I grew up in a traditional like city setting, right? Like Chicago is the literal grid system. And we had little grid plots of land that our home was yeah. on with our little yard. And my appeal it, when thinking going to the suburbs, which is where we live now, I've gone from being urban to suburban, uh, was the space yeah, and it was no fences And now that I'm living this suburban lifestyle. Oh,
1: there's fences everywhere.
0: Fences want everyone puts up fences. That's the biggest phenomenon. I remember it was like the city had fences. The burbs didn't. Now everyone around me has a fence except me. I won't put one up. You put one up. But I'm looking now and you're just seeing that big, long breath of space in between homes being taken up. Yeah. By more and more stuff.
1: Yeah, there is a lot of stuff.
0: And my curiosity is, in the next year, what happens? Let's go to 2022. Everyone's vaccinated. Word, herd immunity. Life is great again. You can go to a baseball game. You can go to your local bar, mask off, and have a great time and not worry about it except for the hangover the next morning. And then you look at this big investment sitting on the side of your house that you haven't touched. Because all of a sudden you don't need to go drive out into the middle of nowhere and see Mount Rushmore because there's nothing to do. Is there going to be like a flood of used ones? Well,
1: my parents are going through this right now because they bought, and I'm not even going to try it and get this right here because is an RV the one you physically drive
0: I'm just going to use the term RV as the all encapsulating okay. term so I'm this, use, this podcast because yeah. I'm sure someone's yelling at me saying that I'm using the That's wrong fine. term. But whether it's a, a pool, along trailer, whether it's a drivable, whether it's a pop-up, a fifth wheel, so, yeah. it's an RV. Well,
1: and, and we had a pop-up camper growing up, but we didn't have a garage because we lived in a duplex. And I remember the people on the other side of the duplex would quietly bitch about this camp- pop-up camper parked in the few parking spaces we had. And this thing was small. I mean, I, at age 14, could, you know, crank it up. It wasn't that big. Um, But we didn't have a garage, and we didn't have a driveway to ourselves. But my parents are going through this, and they have a camper that you pull. You don't drive it yourself. You pull it. with And they don't drive anymore. So they parked this camper. It's a small one, too. Yeah, they parked it up north in Wisconsin. And now, like, they're both in such poor health, they need to sell it. This thing has depreciated so badly. Yeah. I mean, I remember my dad saying that they owe, like, what, 28000 on it? And he's like, so we got to sell it for at least 28000 And I said, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you're going to get 10. That's what I said. I'm like, nobody will pay that for it. Like, this is an absolute loss that you're just going to have to eat.
0: So it's just really weird, and I want you to know that you're not alone If you're, if you thought over the last 10 years, like, boy, everybody and their mom by now Has their camper and they've upgraded their camper and now they're building a new place to put the new upgraded camper. You're not alone.
1: And I'm listen, I'm I'm there with you. I would love a camper. I I would love it. A, I'm too cheap. Because you just I don't feel like we use it enough. See, yeah,
0: I've talked AJ into, and this is why when people ask me, and and a lot of this info, by the way, comes from RV share, and R V share is the Airbnb. Yeah. Of RVs. It's
1: great. We've used it before. Um, and, so if you have an RV yeah. that you're not using, you can rent it out okay. and make some money off it because uh, I look around the neighborhood and most of these RVs, well, they just kind of sit there for most of the year. They're really not gone that much.
0: So for myself and AJ, when the world was normal and we were going to go do camping or go to a music festival, you know, I said financially, dear, as opposed to us making payments on our very own RV that's going to sit there and collect dust, Yeah, we can twice a year- Use RV share, put some money in someone else's pocket, exactly. go have a nice little experience and then drop it and off. And drop it
1: off. Yeah. Guess what?
0: The maintenance is out on us. The payments, yeah. the interest, the insurance, you got to insure this thing. Yeah. And then imagine something happens to it. I've seen more RVs fucked up. <laughs> I mean, from your, I mean, dude, my father-in-law, he used to back, back when he was in better health, he used to drag this fucking camper Everywhere. He would come to stay at my house here in Michigan. And bring
1: the camper. He'd bring the camper. They'd stay in the driveway. He'd stay in
0: the the driveway. And I'm thinking, there's a bedroom in here. But the one time he pulled that thing up and it had a huge scrape all along the side. And I'm looking like, boy, what happened there?
1: (laughs) You know, it's something we, we realized when we worked in radio too. Because we used to work at a country music festival for four days out of the year. And the rub was... Well, we can't pay you to work at it, but we'll give you like, uh, food vouchers and we're renting an RV.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: but, but then they had people like jocks, like us that didn't have trucks, didn't have RVs. They
0: would make us haul the RV. They would make yeah. us
1: haul the RVs up there, and one of our coworkers <laughs> like busted the shit out of this RV yeah, at a yeah. gas station because he didn't know how to drive with it. And like these, this wasn't ours. These was were hilarious. all rented. It was bad. That's I, mean, like, I, I hate to say it. I was like, well, what do you expect? Anyone, what do you
0: expect? Anyone who's ever had that happen at work when they're like, okay, here's the key to this thing. Don't fuck it up, man. <laughs> Please. And then literally to, to have that exact same yep. <laughs> thing happen. So, man, yeah, I mean, it is a bubble, and I guess it's a good thing that 2020 happened because this thing was set to implode. Yeah,
1: no, it's good. And and honestly, if you've got one in your driveway and you are comfortable renting it out, use RV share. It's a great way to like get some you income, get some extra money. While it's just um, the people who live behind us have an RV. And I've never seen it moved. Yeah. Not once. This thing is bigger than their house. Mm-hmm. Never seen it moved. And multiple times we've joked, oh, I wonder if they'd let us rent it for a week.
0: Yeah, right, because that's all me and you do. Me and you, yeah. like, oh, we're going to go to Electric Forest here in Michigan. Yeah. Great. I, I need it for four days, and I'll yeah. bring it back. So, you know, it, it's out there. People have bought and People are expanding. People are building. People are now building to put them places. Yeah. So it's... um. It's not just you, Clark. Well, we're, we're pretty well set up there in the RV. You know, it's a little tight, but we didn't come to impose. <laughs> well, there's plenty of room. Queen's so a damn polite head. Well, you know, Catherine and I, we're, we're <clears throat> pretty comfy in there. You know, But maybe you folks wouldn't mind the uh, yanks shacking up with you. After that long drive, we could use a little private time together. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, why don't you run and get the kids' things, and don't forget the rubber sheets and the turbo. <laughs> what you watching? It's a Chicago-approved, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? The Chicago Sun Times calls it a fascinating six-part do- six-part docu-series that includes many incredible details from the monster himself course, we're talking about the new Peacock series, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise.
1: We are one episode into this, and if I didn't have to teach dance this morning, I would have binged the whole thing overnight. It is so addicting. I want to get the hell out of this podcast so we can go watch the second episode.
0: So by the way, if you're keeping track now um, of what you've learned via TV about your favorite serial killers, we've now seen... Night Stalker: The Hunt for a Serial Killer.
1: Epic, epic! If you haven't watched it, watch it. Watch it's only like four episodes.
0: I'll be gone in the dark.
1: Amazing, a little bit longer, but amazing. All about
0: the Golden State Killer. Yes conversations with a killer the Ted Bundy oh tapes oh my god it's so incredible so I guess we're kind of uh whittling down to who else can <laughs> we really expose
1: well there is one coming out about Dahmer but it's not out yet
0: uh so it's the killer clown Pogo himself John Wayne Gacy is the latest to get a um his very own murdermentary so we might as well call them now. No, the we're old... calling
1: it informative murder porn. You know,
0: it is. Uh, it's because just Because I just
1: orgasm talking about all the informative murder porn. we watched it so good.
0: So, um, by the way, we signed up for Peacock. I like it. I do too. There's a lot of great stuff on there, especially now. Um, they're cutting deals to add other networks like WWE. So, they're only going to get bigger. And this is a Peacock original. I don't know if it aired on NBC at all.
1: I doubt it. No.
0: So, it's called... John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise, and it's mainly interviews from 1992. In with
1: John Wayne Gacy. With
0: him, yeah. So it's him, and it's him speaking to, well, I don't want to call it a fan. No, but-, but it is damn close, yeah, ain't it? Yeah,
1: no. When they, they introduce him really early on in the first episode- and they introduce him. Basically, he introduces himself by saying, "I wrote him like letters, and we came became pen pals." And he said, "I've always wanted to make a documentary, and all of a sudden, he's making
0: a documentary." Yeah. So we kind of it, it just. I don't want to call the guy a fan, but I feel like he's a John Wayne Gacy fan. Yeah. But he was able to. But, con- he's,
1: but to be fair, he's fascinated about John Wayne Very Gacy much. the same way the rest of us are. Listen. He wants to understand how one person could do all of this, and which fa- is what
0: we all want. I'm fascinated by a lot of shit, too. I never wrote anyone a letter. Yeah, I've I never have... sat down and wrote a letter going, Dear inmate number, I saw you on Dateline, and <laughs> like that's, I've never done that. I feel
1: like I wouldn't want a letter back.
0: So what you have is a 1992 interview with John Wayne Gacy that was arranged by this fan-turned-pen-pal-turned-documentarian but was conducted by FBI profiler... Uh, Robert Wrestler. So at least it's not the fan yeah. fanboying over John Wayne well, Gacy. that's what I was
1: worried about. I'm like, this guy, I don't feel like he has enough experience to interview this guy. So I was happy to see that they had an actual FBI profiler doing it.
0: So it's, uh, it's six nuts, parts. Guys, it's We're only one part in, and it's literally leading up to the discovery of the bodies. Now, of course, to keep a long story short, I forget that I'm a native Chicagoan. So this stuff is... Kind of in the lore of my blood like the Blues Brothers. Yeah. I just know about this stuff. Like, AJ, as a Milwaukee, knows about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah.
1: I got stories about Dahmer. I mean, I didn't, like, know him, but, like, you know, I remember that time. Sorry, I just bumped my mic. That's fine. Um, I remember that time because, as a kid, it was a lot like John Wayne Gacy, where there were young men missing, but Mm -hmm. nobody in any way, shape, or form thought it would be the same person. But then they arrested Dahmer. And everybody in Milwaukee all of a sudden was like, holy hell, lock your doors. There's a ser- serial killer. Even though he was already arrested, it was scary, especially if you were a kid.
0: So, John Wayne Gacy was a serial killer who is now dead after being put to death by the state of Illinois after convictions uh, on, I believe, 33 counts of murder. And oh, it's this is so
1: gross, you guys. It's is, so gross. Uh, the
0: story of a, 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 a every man. Of a neighborhood guy, of, he a, is, he of is, the all-around, quote-unquote, good guy.
1: He is that neighbor that will stop and talk to you every day, that will invite you over for a party. He'll he wants uh, to be liked.
0: Help you fix something around yeah. the house. Hey, you need something. He was what we called in um, the city of Chicago, if you know a little bit, we have a storied history of politics, that he was one of the go-to guys for local Neighborhood politicians—we used to call them aldermen or your ward councilmen—but if you if if there's a light bulb out in the on the block, you go to John Wayne Gacy, and he's a city precinct captain. He goes to the local guy, yeah. and then guess what? By next week, the light bulb's fixed.
1: Well, gosh, he had like business cards, like he wanted to go into politics. There's a picture of him with
0: Rosalind Carter with
1: Rosal. Is it Rosalind Carter? Oh, is it? I'm sorry. Right.
0: <laughs> Mrs. Jimmy Carter. Mrs.
1: Jimmy there's a picture of him with Mrs. Jimmy Carter when she came to Chicago. Because he was
0: working working with the Democratic Party. He was working
1: with the Democratic Party, and he had Secret Service clearance to be there. And it's so funny because...
0: Can I say, though, in 1978, I feel like I could have gotten Secret Service clearance. Well,
1: yeah, Secret Service clearance in 78 versus 2021 is very different.
0: There is one common thread we have found with all of these, all of these little docu-series that we've watched is that they're all from the 70s because they wouldn't have happened today. Like, Ted Bundy wouldn't have killed that many people because we have Google. Yeah. All right? So that's why John, John Wayne Gacy, same thing, gets Secret Service clearance to be next to the First Lady, because it's 1978.
1: So I have a question for you, because I, I kinda, it kind of crossed my mind last night. And mind you, we're only on the first episode. I'm not going to give anything we away. We are
0: literally just to the point where they are about to put the handcuffs on him. Yeah, they, like they've it been- is- following
1: Literally. him and they're trying to figure out how to get in his house and- which
0: which I've read about this part that, that there was this small window between we think something's up with this guy too there's definitely something up and I re- I've heard legend about this little window where it was a cat and mouse game yeah and this is again episode 1 deals with this and the cat and mouse game is just odd yeah. and fascinating yeah
1: not to give anything away, but like John Wayne Gacy knows they're following him and like has breakfast with them. Yeah, like it, it gets very weird. He he really kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, dug his own grave, which mm. you will find at the beginning of the first episode. Here's my question, hit though, me. because this hit me last night, and maybe it's something they'll explore in the next five episodes. Go. Do you think? But I know
0: everything about this case.
1: I didn't know anything about
0: it. I know all about. I, it. Chicago, look.
1: I hate to say it. I used to um, interchange him and Ed Gein. Like I didn't know what the uh, difference. You know what I mean? I didn't. I, there's I, a
0: huge difference because one's a convicted murderer.
1: Well, I know. <laughs> Ed
0: Gein was more of a grave robber.
1: Um. So, do you think John Wayne Gacy was? He was obviously a closeted gay man. Yeah. Do you think? That Because he was married twice, they said. He was, yeah. He had a child Mm -hmm. to women. He was married to women. Yeah,
0: in uh, Iowa. Yeah, in Iowa. He ran a KFC.
1: Oh, my gosh. To (laughs)
0: harken back to KFC. (laughs) I'm sure
1: they love to have that in their history. John (laughs) Wayne Gacy
0: ran a KFC in Iowa.
1: So do you think that maybe part of this is him being a closeted gay man? No.
0: No, if And I don't want to if, say that like yeah, a closeted like, gay like, man like will murder you, or other yeah, men. See, that's, that's not what I yeah, mean. Yeah, and, 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 and that's the reason why I'll say that because there's no – like, I can't say that a closeted gay man is uh, any more homicidal. No, uh, no, no, not he's at He's a that. homicidal person. That's yeah. it. No, it's um, – Because you,
1: you really got to cross a hard line to go kill somebody. And
0: you, we don't even really know a lot about his uh, sexuality because with Gacy, again, he was living the life – for all intents and purposes, of a straight man uh, with a family and and all that. Dahmer lived as a gay man.
1: Yeah, Dahmer. Dahmer was,
0: was a gay man. He I mean, was, he was, I don't think he was, like, openly, openly gay. No, but, gay, like, he, but he was, was going to gay bars to yeah. pick up guys, and he was So lit. I should read So he was that. a gay man. John Wayne Gacy, is, and and there's a lot of shit that he does to these kids, I don't want to ruin it for you, it's terrible but it's much more, it's a different thing. And I think that's a fucked up thing that people have to like. I think we're such a binary society that people think, oh, he, he molested. A boy, it must mean this. No, sexual assault doesn't mean necessarily that that he's gay. It could be a power thing. It could be trauma that was put on him. There's a million questions. He asking
1: you as the social worker. I know. I'm sorry. Hair. I'm no, like no, going to no. you a bigger so answer than Let th- me rephrase because yeah. I, I don't want anybody to think that you know I'm speaking yeah. ill of anybody who's gay yeah, at all. Um, do you think he targeted young men because he was cl- a closeted gay man?
0: My actual thought as to why he chose who he chose, you can overpower him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was a big dude.
0: At that point...
1: And he was picking out young teenagers. These are young dudes.
0: And listen, my son right now, as I took him to the doctor today, he's six foot 170. Yeah. Okay? So, he's bigger than me. I could tackle my kid and put him down in a heartbeat. Yeah. He doesn't have that ruthless aggression. He doesn't have that man thing. He doesn't have that power yet inside of him. So...
1: And that was hard to watch last night when they talked about one of his first victims who was 15. And, like, my heart as the mom of a teenage boy mm-hmm. dropped because I just looked at him and said, oh, my God, that could be my kid. That could be anybody's 15-year-old.
0: So if my mind has to automatically think why his window was where it was. It's because it's of power. I think it has to be power because he has to be able to overpower them, um, you know, hold them, do all the sick shit that he did.
1: So if you're into sick shit, this is a great documentary. Sick shit, man. Listen, I I don't know what it is. I don't know why we like informative murder porn. I think because for neurotypical people, and I say that loosely because I don't feel like I'm neurotypical at all. I think we're all a little weird, and that's fine. But I think we just can't fathom this kind of stuff. We can't fathom another human doing this to another human. I think that's why we like watching this stuff so much. I'm trying to justify it because I feel fucked up watching it. I'm like, why am I watching this? And why do I watch another one afterwards? It is
0: weird. It is a weird mirror to society yeah. that 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 stuff like this. They we just did
1: an SNL sketch on this. We <laughs>
0: can be that dissectable, and I just I hope I'm not doing disservice or disrespecting the victims. Like you feel like yeah. you know. Like I just hope that and. and I don't know if they need their clearance to do something like this. Probably not. So I feel bad. Like on that level, I get it. Like it's kind of like this is gonna to sound totally stupid. Remember when Dave Chappelle did the bit on SNL or something about his latest um like Netflix thing where he said, I'm not getting paid for that. Yeah. Like somehow they got the rights to my show and he said, Please don't stream it. And people literally stopped streaming yeah. it. It's kind of the same thing where if victims were to say, listen.
1: We, victims' families, yeah, yeah.
0: Victims' families were to say, "This is we 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 don't want a six part making a murderer esque series on our fifteen year old son who was tragically killed."
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I would turn it off. I haven't
0: heard that yet. No, but if I were, but, but you're right. It is weird that, that we're entertained. No,
1: I absolutely. And I'm, I'm totally guilty of it. Like I, I am that SNL sketch of that mom in yoga pants who sits down with some popcorn on a Friday night and watches informative murder porn. She loves it, man. But even when the guy who interviews him, I hate to say it, the fan guy who just started sending him yeah, Like I
0: said, he goes from just. You
1: figure it out. When you watch it, you let us know what you think he is. You tell us. But when he, the first thing he said, he was just fascinated with why John Wayne Gacy did it. And in my heart, I was like, why don't we talk about the victims more? But we don't. Like we, I, I thought about that too with the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. When they showed the guy who they they cast to play him, he looks just like him. Well, and um... I said, ew! I'll totally watch it. I couldn't tell you the name of one of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims, but I know all about Jeffrey Dahmer, and that's messed up. And. I don't have an answer for that. I'm not going to pretend to be any better than that.
0: (laughs) So it's the uh, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise, six parts on Peacock, which is the new NBC streaming app, which is good anyways.
1: Yeah, I mean, after it's a, that, it's a
0: decent reason to like sign up for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can watch the uh, Phyllis's wedding episode of The Office you immediately can, after. You, yeah, and, and yeah,
0: like, like you
1: may need to cleanse
0: cleanse yourself <laughs> of this shit. Do that. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. Pat and AJ dot com.